0: Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast, brought to you by footballindanmark.com. Hello, Happy New Year. Welcome back to Danish Dynamite, the Superliga podcast for the first pod of 2023. Given we're in a bit of an elongated winter break, uh, to put it lightly, I'm using the opportunity, while we don't have any Superliga to talk about, to do a few interviews and we're kicking off this week with a really interesting one. But before I introduce my guest, there's something I wanted to talk about briefly. January is a particularly tough time for many people. In fact, the Sunday Just Gone is one of the days every year where suicides in the UK, and I'm sure across other countries, uh, are at their highest. I've suffered from poor mental health at various points in the past, and I just wanted to say to anyone who might be feeling in a bad place mentally at this time of year that support is available and wherever you are, there's someone to talk to. In Denmark, you can call Livsleinen for example, on seven zero two zero one two zero one. And in the UK, there is the Samaritans. Uh, you can get hold of on one one six one two three. And there's Calm, which is the campaign against living miserably, which is on 080-5858-58. Sometimes just having a voice on the other end of the phone. Uh, that you can talk to about what you're going through can make all the difference and if you need help tracking down relevant help in your country just drop me a message and I'll do whatever I can to help. Right let's get into the show and I've got a brilliant guest to kick the year off Lars Madsen the head coach of Alborg's under 19 team and he is going to join me next. Delighted to be joined today by Lars Madsen who is the under 19 manager of Alborg. Lars, thank you for joining us on the show. It's been a, a little while in the making but uh, the first podcast of 2023. Delighted to have you here. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah and uh, thank you for for having me Henry
0: and uh, fine and, um, and happy new year to you. Great. Um, I guess the most obvious question uh, is how did you get into coaching and how did you Find yourself in, uh, in in this position managing a um, really exciting under nineteen team.
1: Yeah, um, I started coaching back in, in two thousand and nine when I was when I was invited to by former and actually present head of talent uh, Jacob Larsen, who I knew from my from my student years. And um, at that time I was twenty nine, so I actually started coaching in as a, as a, as a mature man you can say, and I had no coaching experience at that point beside beside that I've been playing football for for all my childhood years. So I spent four years coaching the second team in in U17 at at OB before I was assigned as first team assistant in the U17 league team, uh, who at that point was coached by Lars Knudsen, who is actually a set piece uh, coach at at Leicester now. and going on from there, I was appointed head coach of U fifteen, U fourteen for some years, until I resigned actually in two thousand and seventeen. At that point, I'd gotten a girlfriend in some years and we had two kids we have two kids. So 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 the priority for me was back then to to spend some more time as a father. Um and then Jakob rejoined Obay as head of talent in April twenty-two. And um, and we reconnected, and he um, gave me an offer to to take charge of the U nineteen, and in that in that time from from seventeen to twenty two, I'd been working um at what you in Denmark call and 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 efterskole, a, a, a school where where the students in the ninth and tenth grade come and 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 live and 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 stay at the school, and we had a soccer course. Yeah, that was that was my coaching in those years being away from from UBI actually, so. So, uh, so, so, me coming back to 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 Alba was actually because of of Jakob and the good relation I had with him and, and still have.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And it, is it a natural progression for for coaches to you know you start off coaching younger kids and then you kind of move through the ages, or is it just the yeah. case of uh, that's just how it happened for you? It is the case of of
1: Obi actually. Um, a priority at Obi is to have a a, a a pipeline of coaches coming starting as as as, as uh, assistant coaches at u13 u14 mm-hmm. and and moving up and 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 been given more and more responsibility in that process and and not only is in <clears throat> developing players but also developing coaches is a main point for for OB actually okay um and actually is a, is a main point to to have the opportunity to recruit local coaches uh, as well as recruiting local boys yeah uh, to our club
0: yeah got it and were you a fan of obi before uh working there
1: um yeah but on a on on a on a grounded level i would say um I, uh, um i remember going to the OB matches as a child and and spending time with my dad at the stadium um but <clears throat> i found myself um, being more interested in the youth department actually. Uh, and the whole thing about developing players and going through our system, uh, the OB system, uh, and coming through to them to through the first team—that was my um, key interest, uh, both for now and and as a in my more younger years. Yeah, uh,
0: because I always wondered if you're a supporter of the or you started as a supporter of the the club you work at. How yeah. how. Easy is it to kind of take emotion out of the picture and and look at things as neutral a perspective as possible? Yeah, 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 I know what I mean. At some point, because Obey being the biggest
1: club in the northern part of Denmark, we all have a relationship to Obey. We all want Obey to do well. We all regard Obey as the flagship of football in in our part of of, of Denmark. Um. And Obi has a major impact in what's going on in the minor clubs surrounding Obi as well. So it's not so much an emotional uh, feeling
0: for me; it's more an honourable feeling in some way. Yeah, okay, that's nice. And yeah. I, I'm interested: how does the role of an under nineteen coach vary <clears> from uh, a first team coach? Uh, yeah. Is the job wildly different, or are you just—is it just uh, the same but dealing with different aged uh, players? I'll say that. 80% of my
1: time is concentrated about player development and 20% about winning our games, I would say. And that is major different from Erika Marin, who is our Super League coach, who also at the moment is, is struggling to get the result or they are struggling to get the result. Whereas our focus is player development. And mm-hmm. for us, player development is, is focused on these young players um and constructing and the construction of a a complete football players as a who is physically technically technically sound you could say and and adding on to that is also creating um mentally resilient players uh, who are prepared for what do you say oscillation oscillations of, of of life in general does that make any sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that that makes total yeah. sense. With that in mind, do you see your ultimate aim as being a first-team coach, or are you too invested in the development side of things to to kind of I don't know want to take that leap? Um, for now, I see myself as as a
1: as a as a U19 coach. Um, I'm I'm very interested in the transition from uh, youth football to to senior. Football and the whole transition for the players in that process, and um, I'm a relational uh, coach as well. For me, it's important to have the feeling and connect with the players, and um, it's my it's my um, the perspective I, I have working with the relationship to the players. I think I'll have more of an impact working with Uniting players than senior players.
0: Got it. Yeah, of course. That OB first team has quite a number of youth players this year. Yeah, you know we've seen the likes of uh, Emenka and Ross and Sander all, all play significant minutes in the in the first team. Yeah. Uh, f- firstly, like how does that make you feel as a youth coach that you can see that there's a, a first team progression there? Um, and then secondly, how do you prepare players for the the extra pressure that comes with first team football? Yeah, of course.
1: We're all, we're all proud when a player who's been at our Academy make it through the senior team it makes us all proud from from the u13 coach to to, to me as u 19 and we all feel in some way responsible for for that for that player and are proud at contributing to to the process that process and progress that the player makes um, and <clears throat> the transition is actually um, Quite structured, and and we have a, a transition coach who who is connected to the U19 team and to the senior team, and who um, who is responsible for 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 the transition of young players to the senior squad. And um, and we have or we uh, we have mentors actually also in the senior team who is connected and 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 come. Com, uh and who we bring closer to to the young players actually so so we have a sort of a mentorship going on in in the transition from from youth player to senior player which is also uh, on, on a personal level important for for the young players to have someone to lean on besides the coaches
0: absolutely i have to say watching the first team through this season i did feel for <laughs> Theo sander at times yeah. just be- just because as a goalkeeper, it's such an isolated position, right? And yeah. your your mistakes are amplified, and yeah. uh, you know saves are almost expected. So it's it's really hard to catch the eye. And he's obviously such a talented player, but he yeah, finds he himself in a really key position at a really important, pivotal time of uh, time of, uh, of of the season. You know, with, with things going as they are, and I just um, I I wondered, you know, how does how would someone like him? Um, cope with that uh, mm. uh, sort of being thrown in at the deep end. Um, yeah. I know there were some injuries that, that kind of like for, forced him in there, but yeah, how, how would someone like him, you know, at 17 years old? I mean, uh, when I was 17, there's no way I'd be able to handle <laughs> yeah. that pressure. So yeah, how, how do you prepare him for, for, for a situation like that? Yeah. First of, Theo is such a, a, a tough
1: guy, a, a, a tough player and a professional player in a, in a very young age. And, and being being thrown in playing against playing an important game against Rennes at the age of 17 and being his position on the field is is just a major major task and if you look at it um he made a mistake at at the first goal at Rennes's at Rennes's Rennes goal but but besides that he had 89 minutes of of uh, of, of um, just top performance and he had a clean sheet in 89 minutes in his debut as a 17 year old that's impressive it's just a major major performance by such a young player Uh, and given the circumstances around the team around the club at that point it's just made Theo an even more interesting player so screw the mistake it's just about keeping um, it's just about development for Theo and that was a Major step in his development.
0: Yeah, and if I remember correctly, when he made that mistake, I think uh, Mateus Ross came across immediately, grabbed him, and said, "Look, shake it off." Uh, And to his credit, he did. You know, Uh, like you say, he played a great game after that. And I, I just, um, yeah, I, I, I feel for him because he's such a big talent, and just this is a situation that, um, uh, is really testing. So fair play to him, and I'm sure that he's going to shine. Uh, in the in the next few years, I mean, to be starting a first team uh, in the first team in you know a top European league at seventeen is almost unprecedented. Especially in goal, where keepers tend to mature a lot later. You know, it's really yeah, yeah, really phenomenal.
1: Yeah, and he's such a, a, a modern and 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 talented goalkeeper. You know, he has the ability to play with his feet. He has strong reactions, and
0: most of all, he has a strong personality, and that's probably his biggest uh, talent. I wondered, when players are coming through the, the youth ranks, are there any specific traits, whether it's uh, physical traits, mental traits, uh, a- anything else <clears throat> that typically separates someone as special? Like if you you see a player once or twice and you're like, that guy's got it because of mm. X, Y, Z.
1: Yeah. Mm, you could mention a person like, or, or players like, like Joachim Mele or, or or Nikolai Thompson, who who played with Obi before joining Nandan and FC Copenhagen, and those players... They had an ambition and they had they had the ability to take charge of their environment and development by having the right life skills, actually. They had the right attitude. Uh, they were humble. They were uh, open for advice. And they were seeking knowledge uh, when the coaches wasn't just around. They were seeking knowledge elsewhere. And they just... Um, did so many things to build up their position as as football players and that is probably one of the main reasons why those two made it um because it's difficult um being a young player and have to be so focused on development all the time when you have so many other things going on as a young player or as a young human um you need to to get your priorities In the right line and and that was probably the 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 reason why those two made it got it yeah and
0: Mm. some some pretty serious talents there so yeah (laughs) it obviously had a a a great impact um i I also wondered how how much involvement do you have in player recruitment um is that (laughs) left purely to the, the scouting department or is it a collaboration as a U19 coach, of course you you're involved in the in
1: the recruitment of, of players to to that team and to the u 7 team as well, and you can say it's actually quite structured in a way that the if if we scout a goalkeeper, we have we have Paul Booth at the Superliga, we have the U19 goalkeeper coach who is in charge of that process. Of course, <clears throat> watching them live, watching them through y Scout, and my role in in that part is just to, to to give my regards on the player and how he will fit in the group. Whereas if it's a if it's a player who's who's on the field, who's 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 defender, midfielder, attacker, I'll be in charge of that with with our head coach Matthias Crowe, or head of talent Nils Nils Lavetz. And it's important for us to get around the player both by. Scout reports of our own to watch them live to watch them on white Scout but the most important thing is to invite them to the club and get a get a process going before um, either offering or or, uh, or turning down your finger to it to a player So it's important to us that they fit in the group before they are becoming OB players
0: and I, I wondered how do you assess the kind of softer side of a player so how, how can you tell whether someone's going to be in a, a nightclub? Uh, every weekend or um it's going to be disruptive with uh, within the group like before they've before they've joined is there a, mm. is there a due diligence process
1: no it's just it's about gut feeling when you've been involved in youth development for so many years you get a feeling on how how they are as, as persons and and how they work together with with a group and and with the coach on the field we work with a with a concept called radar pairs you know you have a you have a radar for someone you can find a player almost in the dark, and, and we have that concept uh, in, in, the, in the social area as well. Do you have a radar player? Do you have one, someone that you go to, someone that you connect to, someone that you feel safe to? And in that process, it's always interesting to see how a, a, a player interacts with the group when coming to us. You know, is he, is he a shy guy? Do we need someone to take care of him? And, but they need to give something to themselves, and that needs to besides their football skills.
0: How has the advent of platforms like Wise Scout changed your role? Has it made things easier? Has it made it more competitive because more people are able to mm-hmm. to, to see talent? Uh, I'm I'm curious yeah. how, how, how those uh, have impacted you. Yeah, the role of of, of Scout, um,
1: or oh, oh. well, let me say in other words, through White Scout, everyone can be a coach and everyone can 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 all of a sudden be scout. And, and everyone can, can, can certainly see how the game is, is developing, you know, um, so you get all this information through white Scout, and is in, in some ways it's made my job easier because I have some guy in, in Japan or Asia to, to cut all these, uh, clips for me. And, and, and in a moment I can get <clears throat> three clips on each player and in some ways you still need to do your your homework. You still need to watch the game. You still need to see the relationship, see the tactic. Because wise cup is all about facts and numbers. It doesn't care whether you play, focusing on the relationship between those and that player or, or someone. It's all about fact and passing and goal and next ski and, and and so on. So, so so the information data is just exploded, um, and the job for me is now to, to to take what I you know, to, to what do you, how do you say it in English to, to separate right from wrong, to separate, um, trash from gold in some ways, cause the information data is so massive, even in the Danish U19 League through scout. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah the, 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 sort of, at least in my experience, n- knowing a few scouts and people involved in analytics, there's kind of like two schools of thought. There's a very data led approach and then there's the kind yeah. of the people who still Swear by the eye test, and yeah. I guess the I guess the truth is that it's normally a combination of of both in some uh, yeah, in some say. in some proportion, but yeah. the, the proportion depends on the individual right yeah i I also wondered do you have a particular tactical style or formation that you work with, or is that something that's set by a technical director or uh, a mm-hmm. kind of broader club figure
1: we're not bound to playing a, a certain formation or or um, well, we're not bound to, to 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 play in a specific way but but when um, a spectator when you or or when anybody sees an, an OB team playing um, they should recognize this the style of play you know the, the way that we approach this, the way that our player players have individual skills combined with relationship skills let's say a de- decade ago um, one of the main criteria for the OB academy was Technical coaching. It was all about technical coaching, and then we have a had a process, process, or uh, who was more like the Red Bull style, <clears throat> high pressure, going back and forth all the time. And now we're in a combination of those things. I would say you don't hear me saying by that 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 we adjust to every opponent that we meet, but we have these small differences in how we meet Silkeborg, how we meet FC Copenhagen, but our basic eighty percent the same uh, in in each game and. And we rely on that—the small adjustment to a to a, a, f- a structure that all the players know—is the way to, to 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 do it.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I wondered if you could talk a little bit about the situation the first team find themselves in. What's the what's the kind of mood around the club at the moment? <sighs> um,
1: first off, uh, since the Superliga was established in, I think it was 1991. Obe has always been part of the Superliga. Um, so the mindset of the club is that Obe is uh, and always will be uh, a strong side in, in the Superliga. So the situation now is, um, is, uh, is a new challenge. And thereby saying that the mindset of the players is, is challenges. It's been a process coming to where we are now where reality is setting yeah but still there is a firm belief on on the concept of of eric on the on the strength of the squad and and the combined ability to 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 stay in this in in the Super League uh, is still alive yeah
0: yeah for teams with lots of positive momentum, this super long winter break that's, you know, almost 90 days uh, mm-hmm. is probably a bit of a distraction. But I'm, I'm guessing for a, a team in need of a bit of a, a reset and a, in need of some time to uh, implement the coach's plans, that the winter break is probably a good thing. Um, it, yeah, it came as a relief for most of the Super League players. Yeah, y- yeah I did. can imagine. Yeah. I, I wondered, as a coach, how do you cope with such a lengthy winter break? Um, first of all, it's, uh, the
1: winter break has always been this long, so it's, it's, it's part of our, our, our planning and it's a winter break, but it's not a training break. So so, so the winter period is a period of um, adjustment and a period of, of going through your, your tactical choices, your tactical toolbox and an, a, and an opportunity to, to, to go in deep with some of the players. Uh, and we still train, we still play friendly matches and so on. And because it's so intense being a youth player at at, at that level where, where we are, um, the winter break is also a period where there's a bit more time to be a youngster, a, a regular youngster, yeah. and grow as a person. Um, so in that aspect, in that holistic aspect, the winter break is actually quite good because it gives the players some some sort of time to to just be here.
0: The people who it's not good for, the people like me who like watching the matches. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's a a lot of time to fill. What do you think it is that makes Danish football so special? My
1: perspective is is from from Obi, And in in, in Denmark, all around, there is around 1,600 different clubs. And Obi has over 100 uh, clubs who are collaborating with Obey. Um, and I think that it becomes magnificent when when all of these 100 uh, collaboration clubs are interested in making uh, a success out of Obey. They become proud when a, a player from a smaller club joins Obey and, and the whole establishment about making a team, a team of the region. Uh, not only a, a city team or something like that, but making a team of the region, like the northern part of Denmark, that's, um, that's something that you don't see uh, in other parts of, 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 of Europe, actually. Yeah. So mm. the whole collaboration thing in Danish football is quite magnificent. and The whole collaboration thing that the A-license club have made uh, in the whole talent uh, department is um, is also a result that we see on the national level at at the moment, where many youngsters who have been coached in in, in talent environments in who, who over the, the the last decade or so have, have really have improved and so on, and and how we all feel proud of that, uh, you know, improvement in, in FC Copenhagen and and, and, and uh, North Zealand and and so on, and and we see the product of all that on our national. Uh, uh, team so the rivalry um is in some way missing but we have so much common to share so that
0: that's yeah mm. yeah you, you you talked about the the collaboration between the, the those 100 clubs and i i remember yeah. reading a book on uh on denmark and one of the things it talked about was how I think it's got the highest club membership uh, per population. Yep. Like everyone is members of seven clubs or something like that. And I yep. I, wonder, I wondered if that kind of really strong national desire for unity and um, mm. community was one of the ways that the national team has been able to compete at such a high level, you know, given uh, Denmark is a population of what, 9 million or, so, or something like yep. that. Uh, it, it, is that. Is that just um, uh, uh, taking it too far? Or do you think that that has some... Uh, some bearing on it i don't know if there's a straight line between
1: being you know um, engaged in different types of sport or different types of of clubs but but uh, and and a success on on a national level but it's a fact that danish uh that, 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 that the community that the danish society have clubs in all types of sports and and you know uh and 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 a player who at a young age plays football, he also plays badminton, he plays handball, he plays the volleyball until it becomes, uh, until it's necessary to to engage yourself in only one sport. Uh, I, I remember <coughs> a, 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 a quite a, a fun story at youth when I was connected to the U seven team. There was a player called Rasmus Telleson. He is at Lingby, and now he's been sold to a club in the in the US just recently, but. When he was 12, he was actually a Danish champion in billiard at the oh, U18 wow. level, you know, <laughs> when he was 12, you know, and, and you know that you get all of these extra uh, playing, playing billiard, playing uh, handball, you know, it, it, it develops your, your, your whole way of thinking and your whole um, physical movements and so on. So and I, maybe, I can... maybe there's a benefit in, in doing different things and not only one thing.
0: I guess also your sense of competitiveness yeah yeah for sure um uh, so, sorry for the kind of scattergun oh. questions but I just there's so many things that I wanted to ask you mm. that <laughs> there's no particular yeah. order but um I, I I wonder just taking it back to uh to what you do in in youth coaching how do you encourage team spirit or how do you discourage players from being too individualistic because there must be such a desire to to stand out and to be seen to make that next Mm. step how do you encourage players to to put the team first when their their future is on the line
1: it's a difficult one it's a difficult one and for one thing we have a a group at our U19 our our squad our U19 squad is is uh, has a total of 26 players that's that's quite a lot and for that to work you need to be able to 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 get around and to to see the opportunities in both player number 21 22 26 as well as player number one two and three so in that perspective the the coach is, is is some way the 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 key of to to creating a story that all of these players can see themselves in uh, and the trick is to combine these stories you need those two players to develop in that way, and that's one of the at our club uh, the priorities in the in the coach work to to establish connections and making the players in some ways or, or giving them uh, an understanding of they need to be individual, creative, individual, which individual um, doable on the on the pitch, but they they still need the. The team, a good, a good, a good partner to succeed. So I don't know if it's it being too fluffy or, or something, but um it's rare that you did you make the best decisions on your own. One could say, yeah, yeah,
0: okay, yeah. That's that's really interesting. And I also wondered, given it's almost like an inverse pyramid when it comes to academy setups, like a hundred kids enter and maybe one or two make it professionally. Mm-hmm. What kind of responsibility do you feel to equip kind of kids, young men for the world if they don't end up making mm. it in football? We have a huge responsibility in,
1: in, in that part. And, um, and we believe that, that being with us, being at Adobe, the players acquire and, and gain knowledge about life skills, such as you could say self-awareness, uh, empathy, decision-making and, and critical thinking, I would say. So you know, even if they they don't make it through um, ti of the needle and, and become professional footballers, we've still educate, educated them on a on a personal level.
0: Yeah, yeah. Imagine that um, the professionalism you need to be able to you know to just to turn up to training to to, yeah. Uh, yeah. to to not get caught up in the other things that that you could do as a teenager. I'm guessing just that experience uh, yeah. matures you and prepares you for. Um, for real life, uh, better than, um, most things would. Yeah. Yeah. The level of planning is just so massive for these young players. Um,
1: and that is a life skill that you, that, that you can, can bring into other circumstances in your life later on. Yeah, for sure.
0: Awesome. Um, I wondered who's the, who's the best player or who are the best <laughs> players that you've coached and were they, did you know at the time that they were going to be uh, mm. as good as they were?
1: I mentioned Nikolai Thompson, who was actually he came to Obi at the same time uh, as me. Um, He had been there as a U15 player as well, but but he um, he he didn't make it through in the first cut to the U17 team, so he went back to his old club and he just trained so massive and hard, and he re-entered as a as a U17 player, starting on the on the second team um, where I was coached at that at that time. And, and his story is just so so, so wonderful in some ways. And it, he started up and, and, and after a half a year, he was, he was uh, brought up to the U17 first team squad, uh, And he started all the matches in that half year afterwards. Um, and one year after joining OB for the second time, he was, he was picked for the U18 national uh, team. And he got his first senior contract one and a half uh, one and a half year after joining OB and it just went on from there to there to there. And Nikolai was 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 that type of player. If if you could say to Nikolai, if you want to play on Saturday you need to to run from Olva to Randas uh, <laughs> from now on and, and a five day fourth, he would do it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, that was his his life skill. And, and besides Nigolai I've been around Mikkel Kaufmann as well, a fantastic striker, and Sven Tingsd, who is now at Silkeborg, mm. really, really doing his game well at the moment. And there's Theo, but the most obviously is 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 of course Joachim Melle. Um Joachim was a really late bloomer. He didn't play much as a U17 player. Was at that point that a striker, um, and he came to. Was assistant at that point, and he came to the head coach of the U17, uh, bringing up the problematic about him not playing. and Could you try me on a on a on another position? and And Joachim was actually self inventing him as or inventing him as a as a right back. So, so he, he was just so ambitious. Uh, uh, even though he he didn't play that many games, he, he just had an, an ambition to make it through to the senior team, and that was just so admirable. and And the story that Joachim is doing right now is just magnificent if you look at where he was as a as he 17 M- player
0: yeah and I, th- I think that that position of a, a sort of attacking fullback has become one of the the key positions in in the modern game so yeah. s- certainly a good decision by him to uh, yeah. <laughs> to take up that and at position that,
1: and at that point it was a key position in obi uh, he he took over from henrik dalsko who was at brentford for many years and and and, and is now at FC Mitchell and, and Obi was actually quite good at developing those attacking backs, fullbacks at that moment.
0: Look, lots of the people who listen to this like to um, uh, like to sort of read about and, and uh, are interested in upcoming talent. Is there a, is there a <sighs> name you could give us uh, for someone who, who's going to be the next Joachim Milo or, or, or similar that you think uh, is currently in your, your setup who you've been really mm. impressed with? Yeah. Not to put too much pressure on them. No, 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 <laughs> no. But
1: we've got um, at the moment in the United team squad. We've got um, a player called called Fisnik, who is, who's just re- joined us from from AC Copenhagen. Who is um, central midfielder, right winger. He's just uh, our little our little messy uh, in yeah. some ways. Not to put a pressure on him, but, but he's a good he's a good he's a good player, and we're looking forward to see how he um develops through the, the next six months and hoping that he'll join the the, the first team and um <clears throat> we have a a, a captain called Dahl who's just a penalty to pen no, penalty area to penalty area play he's just so um aggressive in his in his pressure and his ability to to cover big aerial areas is just so good and he's a phenomenal passing player as well. So,
0: so those two, I would say amazing. You, yeah. yeah. could Keep an eye on, keep an eye on. Fantastic. Um, I know you're super busy, so I, I will wrap up, uh, very shortly, but that, I just yep. wanted to ask one question, which is that there's lots of people wanting to get into, into coaching. I wondered, mm. do you have any advice for anyone who is, uh, looking to get into it and, and how they can, um, Break through into a uh, in into a team. My way was through
1: being good at making people feel part a strong part of a community. Uh, and from that point from taking off from there you, you, you need to 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 rely on your decision making. you need to to challenge the people around you uh, and still be able to 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 put a finger in the ground and just Suck into all the impression that you get around you, but most of all, my way is 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 just an expression of how importance how important the the right relationship are, um, and it's all but I hate to say, it, but it's also a world of
0: coincidence
1: and luck and being at the right place at the right time
0: and often that's often that's how you make your luck right is that yeah. you uh, if you if you if you show up at the right places and uh, yeah. keep keep doing good work it'll eventually get get spotted uh, yeah. but, but how that happens can be yeah fortuitous yeah fantastic Lars, thank you so much for for joining us, and that was a really fascinating insight. It's the first time that we've ever had a a coach on the show, and um, it's just been brilliant to be able to yeah. to dig into some of that. And i really appreciate you giving up some time during this uh, this busy training period to to talk. Yeah, well, thank you for having me in, and thank you for the opportunity, Henry. It was great. Fantastic. Well, if anyone listening is ever out in Alborg, go take a look uh, see if you can get into a youth team game and and have a look at at Lars's uh, charges thank you Lars I'll try yeah yeah you too